And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Uh, hopefully you guys are having a great week, or maybe you're not. I mean, or maybe you've heard what uh, our favorite 29-year-old communist uh, congressperson, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, has been saying, that uh, the end is nigh. The world will end from climate change in 12 years. I will break all that down and much more <laughs> with my good friend Aaron Bandler. Uh, yeah, before I get to my chat with Aaron... Uh, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and you want to quit or if you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. They are absolutely terrific. They have any kind of battery mod, tank coil, anything you need for your vape setup, they have. Um, if you're in Northwest Ohio, they have physical locations in Holland and Perrysburg, Ohio. Um, and both of those locations have a special deal on uh, e-liquid going on right now. So definitely check them out in person. If not, go to PremierVaporAndLounge.com. That is PremierVaporAndLounge.com. Uh, you'll get free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. And if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate All right, guys, we're here with my good friend Aaron Bandler from Jewish Journal. Uh, Aaron, thanks for taking the time, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So uh, a lot to get to today, as always. Um, As much as I really can't stand talking about our favorite 28-year-old communist, uh, (laughs) Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she keeps going on TV and saying ridiculous nonsense. So, and she is an elected official who's essentially the face of the Democratic Party at this point. So we have to discuss it as much as it pains me to do so. Um, I'm sure uh, most of the audience is aware. Look it up. It's floating around Twitter if you haven't seen it. But in an interview, uh, I believe two days ago, Cortez said, quote, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't stop climate change. This, like, is our World War II, unquote. What, what do you make of that, Aaron? <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, it's, it's really funny how, how um, uh, our podcast here today, Ben Shapiro, was saying that, like, listening to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talk economics is like listening to is like listening to his four-year-old daughter or something. So that fact, <laughs> it's like every time she, I mean, every time she talks, it, it does sound like she's a four-year-old, the way she talks. Um, and, and not just, I was not, not just what she says, but how she says it, too. Um, I think this is more evidence of that. Um, I mean, the amazing thing is that if you talk to most people who, I mean, even those who are like hardcore believers in that, you know, that man-made climate change is real and it's going to kill everybody. I mean, even those people aren't saying stuff like that. You know, I mean, we're, we're talking about people who believe that or, or think that's going to happen in like, you know, we're talking talk about like in the century type type stuff, not. 12 years how'd she get 12 um, years like why 12 like what there's, yeah, I, I, there's I no, where'd that come from it's there's like, no climate scientist out there claiming this like that that's like she's literally the first yes, person yeah. ever that's claimed like just pulled a random number 12 years that's 2031 she's saying we will all be dead by 2031 
you know, we're, we're all going to be dead before Social Security expires. Is that, is that what she's saying? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, have to wonder, like, if she watched, like, uh, you know, Tom Brady's jersey number, she's like, oh, 12, huh? That's a good number because, <laughs> because it's Tom Brady's jersey. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's so arbitrary that, I mean, I have no idea how she, I don't think she even knows how she got it. It's it's just it's insane, you know, and it's just it's again as you said it's frustrating because she's held up as the, the thought leader of the Democrat Party, and it's like if this it's like this is the best you can do, guys. Like come on, and the only reason she even gets much attention as she does isn't just because of the media, but it's also because she's very social media savvy, you know. And every time she gets called out on her BS statements, she acts like a damsel in distress. It's like, oh, you're only talking to me because I'm a woman or because I'm brown and you're scared of me. And it's like, no, we're attacking you because you're an idiot and you're being held <laughs> up as a thought leader by the right. left. I, I hate it really pisses me off. Yeah, I hate the reversals that she pulls all the time, like you said. I mean, she makes these ridiculous yeah. claims, these ridiculous gaffes. She lies. I mean, just lies through her teeth. And then anybody yeah. calls her on it. Oh, you're just targeting me because I'm a woman. No, you're an elected. You're a congressman. It's your job to know this shit. Like it's you you get paid yeah. $175,000 a year. You get, you know, whatever, like a million dollar a year in travel and in staff expenses. You hire a staff. You surround yourself with educated people. It's your only job. It's your job all day 24 hours a day to learn things and know things. And she's not learning yeah. anything and knows nothing. And I know it pains me to say this <laughs> exactly. as well. And I know this would be painful for you to hear. But honest to God, at this point, it's more likely that Tom Brady is still playing quarterback for the Patriots in 12 years than climate change is going to destroy the planet in 12 years. I, I would I, happen I, to agree with that. Yeah. I, hate, I hate Tom Brady. But let's be honest. I don't know, man. Well, well he'll be playing at 53. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I. who knows? I mean... The dude just never slows down, so you never know. Look, no, none of these climate alarm. Look, I, yes, climate change exists. I mean, go back to the 1970s. It was global cooling, and we thought the world was going to end in yeah. another ice age, right? And then, like, now we're in a warming yeah. trend. And the climate changes, of course, human beings have something to do with it, and the science is still out on that. We don't really know how much. Is it half? Is it 1%? Is it 60%? Like, nobody knows. Yeah. And, of course, we need to do things about climate change. Like Nobody's disputing that. But, look, the, if these people believed, if Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez and these people actually believed these doomsday claims, why would you talk about anything else? Like, why would you talk about redistributing wealth? Why would you talk about marginal tax rates? Why would you talk about socialism? If you, honest to God, thought that we're going to be dead in 12 years, you would not talk about anything else. You would not talk about the minimum wage. You would nothing like you would only talk about climate change and they don't. So they, they obviously don't believe it. Also, or uh, Cortez lives in New York City. If you if you thought climate change was going to destroy the planet in 12 years, you'd buy a ranch at the top of a mountain in Wyoming, 9000 feet above sea level. <laughs> and you would learn how to you know raise your own animals and grow your own crops and and build this compound with a bunch of armed guards to keep other people out. Like that, if you honestly thought that the world was going to deteriorate that quickly, you'd move to Denver. You would not live at sea level, right? <laughs> like President Obama bought yeah. a mansion on the beach at sea level in Hawaii. Okay, if you if you think that climate change is going to destroy the world, you would not do that. So these people don't believe any of this nonsense. Oh yeah, no. I mean, they 
he never like practice what they preach. I mean, Bernie Sanders has three houses. You know, it's like I'm sure he uses a lot of he has a lot of carbon emissions between those three houses. I'm sure. Um, and it's like, yeah, if, if they believe if they practice what they preach, they really believe it. They wouldn't be taking all these plane rides to wherever to to wherever they need to go. You know, that they'd all they all be in Priuses, um, no limousines, just driven around by Priuses. And but 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 they don't, you know, because these these you know Mercedes marks as what Mark Levin calls them, uh, they never practice what they preach. They always expect us to adapt to their rhetoric, but they can live the high life, you know. They're right. hypocrites. They are hypocrites. And here's another point. When it comes to pollution and carbon emissions and stuff like that, what is produced by the United States is a drop in the bucket compared yep. to, you know, say China and India, which contribute to like 90% of the carbon emissions because they're both developing countries. If, if they believed that in 12 years the world was going to be uninhabitable, Literally tomorrow, we would declare war on China and India. That we would be a, a full-scale land war in Asia, where we'd have to go overthrow the governments of the two most populated countries on the planet, essentially enslave their entire populations, if we were able to win that war, to make sure that they're not polluting anymore. So is she is she calling to invade China to, to, to literally declare war on China and India? Which, by the way, they both have nuclear weapons. So is she calling for an imminent nuclear war now? Because yeah. Would, it, like if we're if we're staring down the barrel twelve years and we're all dead because of climate change, that means we go to war with China and India tomorrow. That that literally that would be the only way to do something about that. Yeah, and and I mean the funny thing is that whenever you tell people, whenever you tell like hardcore. Um, climate change alarmists that fact they always say well but we should be leading we should be we should be setting the example it's like well funnily enough over the past like year or two carbon emissions have kept declined by nine percent and that's with trump leaving the paris accords and the reason why the u.s is is uh, reason why carbon emissions are declining in the U.S. is because of technology and stuff like fracking, because fracking actually emits less carbon than coal does, and that's why if look if like years ago the Sierra Club used to, used to love fracking, and now of course because fracking is popular and um, actually actually promotes progress in the country, they hate it, um, which goes to show how these are not serious people. They're not really they don't care about the environment. Like what they are, they believe. In this ideology called the degrowth movement, which is basically the idea that the environment that the environment is just a pretext to destroy capitalism and, and impose a Marxist philosophy. That's what's really all it comes down to. No, you're, you know? abs because, you're absolutely right. And Marxism yeah. is the answer to every question they have. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The, the, the literally, the only answer is what should we do about it? Screw the rich. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> raise, the rich, yeah. raise taxes. You're not going to raise taxes yeah. your way out of climate change and the people that are actually going to affect climate change in a positive way it's not going to be communist politicians it's going to be elon musk developing some yeah. something some product something that i don't know reduces carbon or pulls carbon out of the air it's going to be silicon valley guys it's going to be entrepreneurs it's going to be innovative thinkers and scientists and doctors not commies <laughs> like you can't yeah. communism your way out of global warming. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, seriously. But and look, look throughout history that this it's yeah. No, no, go ahead. 
No, I was just to say, like, throughout history, I mean, it just goes, like, the the progress we made in the environment has been made, that those gains have largely been made through capitalism. I think, I mean, I, I know that it's, that with, with today's focus on climate change, it's each to bash on cars, but imagine if we still had horse and buggies. You know, I, I think compared to horse and buggies, cars are a lot cleaner because you're not seeing horse dung everywhere. Um... And that kind of thing. It, it just the fact is, is it, I mean, it's certainly true that you have like the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act have been helpful, uh, but a lot of environmental progress has been made because of a uh, better technology, you know, to make to make things cleaner, and that's been done largely through capitalism. The government cannot legislate its way um, out of it cannot legislate its way out of pollution. Like it has to be, it has to start with the free market. Right, and like the the EPA, for instance. We don't need the EPA, you know, because I agree. Free market capitalism solves these problems. Like, and I've said this example a million yeah. times. Like, the EPA, all they do is tax businesses and regulate businesses and harass people that, you know, break laws or whatever. Pretty much, yeah. But the thing is, people care about the environment. Like, I'm a big fisherman. I'm a big outdoorsman. I love it, and so are a lot of other people. If they see some factory dumping bullshit into a river, they're gonna get a video yeah. on their iPhone. And they're going to put it on YouTube, and it's going to go viral, and people are going to boycott that company. Like, the free market can handle that. Like, we don't need bureaucrats. We don't need socialist policies to to regulate these companies. Like, the people will do it themselves, especially in this era of, of social media. And everybody's got a camera. Everybody's a journalist because you have an iPhone in your pocket. You can mm-hmm. take videos. If somebody's polluting or, or, or doing something they shouldn't be doing, you can blow it up on Twitter, and then people will boycott that company. And then a new you know, greener, more environmentally friendly companies will take their place. The free market works. Like, it, it, these people are, they're, they're so off base. And th- they get away with this, these claims that, the, you know, the world's going to end in 12 years. Republicans don't get away with saying random crap because they don't have the media to cover for them. <laughs> but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, these people know <coughs> they'll, they'll never be held accountable for anything they say. They can yeah. go on TV and say whatever they want because the media will cover up for them. Get, Republicans actually have to get the facts straight. You know, th- these leftists, they know they don't have to. Like, she didn't think for a second about, you know what, maybe I shouldn't lie and say the world's going to end in 12 years. Like, there's no thought process. Just, eh, whatever, I can say whatever I want. The media has my back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if Trump says anything that's, like, even remotely not, like, even, like, you know, semantically off-base, then and the media... If- for days, will say, "Oh, like OMG, Trump lied. He's, he's literally Hitler," and it's like nonstop, wall to wall, every day, uh, stuff like that. And, you know, Sarah Palin. You know, when she was running for, when she was on the McCain ticket, everything she said was skewered for days. You know, like seriously, like if Sarah Palin, if uh, if Sarah Palin, um. I, I should say, if Alexander Ocasio Cortez were Republican, like she would, she would be hammered. Like Sarah Palin was in right. 2008, and uh, and her career like would would uh, down would go on a downward spiral fast. Right, uh, and there's, there's but, also but because a she's big, Democrat, because yeah, I mean there's there's a big difference in saying you know lying about you know your crowd size at the inauguration and lying saying the world will come to an end in yeah. 12 years. Like those are not the same kind of lies. Like. Sure, Trump lies. Yeah, seriously. Because he's a weird 72-year-old or whatever who just kind of says shit. But it's... I, you're claiming that the apocalypse is happening 
in 12 years. Like, that's not a minor lie. Like, that's a... You can't say that. That like that that's insane. Yeah, it's it's a talk about fear mongering. It's like it's funny how the left always accuses us of fear mongering. It's like, well, <laughs> you're the guys are the ones who are saying that we're all going to die in twelve years if we don't address climate change. I mean, that's the real fear mongering right there. Right, and let's talk a little bit about just the disgraceful. And I brought this up on 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 Monday, but just the disgraceful week that the press has, has had. And uh, we yeah. talked before we started recording. I think this is the worst, like, probably 72-hour period going you know, like Friday to Sunday that the American yeah. press has ever had in its history. Like, I can't think of more embarrassing time for the media. I agree. I mean, starting with that BuzzFeed story, I remember when that story broke, too. I mean, everyone was like, oh, that's it. Game over. You know, Trump's going to be impeached. You know, put in President Pence. It's happening. Even people on the right, like, we're trying to conclusions on, on that story. It's like, well, it's certainly if true. It, it, that, that, that was the one, if true, if true, if true, if true. Okay, I, too, am in the Geraldson field. I cannot, I cannot run a story based on if true. Like, I would get skewered for it. Like, you have to make sure that it's verified. And I remember when that story broke, it's like, yeah, obviously, if it's true, it's big. But I'm like, okay, like, they're saying there's emails, there are documents, there are texts. Well, well then where are they? You know, it's like for a claim this big, there has to be verifiable, corroborating proof to go along with something of that magnitude. And it turns out there wasn't. I mean, the fact that Momo's, that the Momo's office actually issued a statement bugging the story is huge because most of the time, like, they don't come on stuff like that. And the fact that they did just goes to show the magnitude of how wrong that story was. And it was funny how some people like uh, Ken uh, Ken uh, Delanian, whoever said like Fusion Ken, the, the guy from NBC, right, and it was right. like, well, you know, if you parse a statement, it's not a direct rebuttal or a, 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 a story. But then Mueller's team to Washington Post like, no, actually it is. Like, we're actually saying this story <laughs> is BS. Which I thought was... <laughs> and so it's like so firstly uh the buzzfeed like, folks let's the all BuzzFeed, say all right yeah, yeah the, the buzzfeed folks just ran with this nonsense with this this bald-faced lie because they knew the only person that could call them on their bullshit was bob Mueller, and he never makes public statements so they just assumed that he wouldn't and even he yeah even the, the office of Mueller was so fed up with the fake news that they had to call him on their bullshit and they, they were just... Yeah, were, exactly. Like, at the BuzzFeed offices, they were probably like, oh, crap. Like, we did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah. You know, because like you said, Mueller never makes these public statements. Like, they, they've been very tight-lipped over there, which is how they should be. I mean, they should be. Just go about your business and, and whatever, let the chips fall where they may. Even they had to call him out on it, which is, I mean, hilarious, but... It, oh, it's hilarious, yeah. And you're, you're right, too, that a lot I mean, of people... Yeah. On the right, yeah. even. And this weekend with this BuzzFeed thing and with the, the Covington Catholic Boys story, and this is what I talked about on, on Monday's show, I was, we know that the left in the media are a bunch <coughs> of soulless, godless hacks. Yeah. We know that. But I was so disappointed yeah. in the conservatives that bought into these narratives and piled on and threw fellow conservatives under the bus, you know, whether it's President Trump or whether it's these, these high school kids. I was so disappointed with the conservatives that bought into the media's narrative. It's like, have you learned nothing in the last few years? Have you learned nothing? Like, it, the fact that conservatives didn't wait for the facts and jump to conclusions and threw these people under the bus. Like, that was just disgusting to me. 
Yeah, and look, I, I, I mean, I, I'm certainly not perfect in that area. I mean, yeah, when I first saw the video, I mean, I, I, I came to the same conclusion as everyone else was. That's okay, like, these kids are being terrible to this American veteran. But, of course, you know, once once the longer videos became available and the facts came out that, that this guy, Nathan Phillips, is actually not a Vietnam War veteran. Um, in, in fact, I, I thought I saw, like, his DD, um, was it the 16 or whatever it was, was released, and he was, like, a, he was, he was like, you know, and part of his service included, like, being a private refrigerator mechanic or something. Um, but, he, but he talks as if, like, he always says Vietnam Times veteran, you know, so it's like, so the so he can get away on this like well technically it's true but when you say something like that like it makes people think that he served in Vietnam right well, that wasn't the case but the but the point being is that once the facts came to light you know I was like okay you know what like it, it was clear that I that I was wrong every I think a lot of people on our side of the aisle didn't admit that they were wrong on it um, I think the only one who got it right from the start like was Cassandra Fairbanks over a Gateway pundit right. I mean if a Gateway pundit reporter is the one that's got, that got right from the get-go. I mean, we should all sort of be like, okay, we got, we got, we got, we have to get our, we have to get our shit together here, guys. Like, right, right. And but the thing what's is, disgusting. Cassandra is a good reporter. Like, I, I don't yeah. like, I don't yeah, like Gateway is. Pundit. I don't like Gateway Pundit, but I really do like Cassandra. She's been on the show a couple times, and she actually does yeah. do good work. I know that her publication is sketchy. I, I, I'm not a fan, but I, I am a fan of hers. So I, I wasn't surprised that she got. Yeah, it no, I mean, I like her too. Yeah, I, I like her too. Um, but what's disgusting is that a lot. All these media outlets, all these like leftist pundits—they're they're doubling down. They're doubling down now, and, and now it's like, oh, what? But but this kid smirked. And I was like, wow, okay, hold the phone. He smirked, literally Hitler. Like that's—I mean—that—and that, and and then they're pulling up other videos uh, and be like, oh, what about this kid? So something to this person who was a Covington kid, and it's just—and then it's like, oh, what about in 2011? You know, when they dressed in blackface, when women. Actually, like they were, they were protesting a blackout game. It was a blackout game. Um, yeah, it was for anybody yeah, who exactly. doesn't know that that like who, if anybody has been around high school and college sports, you know that they do like you know whiteout games, blackout games, blueout games, where where they all dress the same color, paint their skin a color, and you know to try to Im- imitate or uh, intimidate the opposing team. Yeah, it's totally normal. Exactly. Every high school, every high yeah, school it, does this. Ever. Very normal. Yeah. So I, and so yeah. So we talk like we're. As, talked about before the show about that pro bono attorney Robert Barnes basically saying okay you you media outlets have to retract your stories or else we're going to see you for libel I mean that's what they should do because I mean these kids have been their lives have been destroyed basically as a result of what was clearly um, a provocative action by Nathan Phillips and the media that just ran with it Um, the fact that the media didn't scrutinize his claims either and I mean like as right yesterday that that, that coming Ten high school was was had to be closed because they're getting because they're receiving threats. I mean, like this has real life consequences. David French, I, I have some very strong disagreements with David French over various things regarding Trump and the Mueller investigation. But I thought his piece yesterday where he called this the sequel to the Kavanaugh hearings, I thought was spot on because the Kavanaugh. But the reason why the right was so united over the Kavanaugh hearings was because people realized that it's like, hey, you know, if if, if we let this Go by the wayside. That means you know it could be our sons, it could be our brother, it could be our fathers who had their careers ruined by baseless, baseless allegation. And now with these Covington kids, it's like, oh, it's like, oh my God, you know this could be this could be our kids who could who have their lives destroyed 
over a, an out-of-context smear. I think the media and the left are going to get people killed. Whether it's one of these, yeah, these I mean, Catholic I think, high school yeah, I think kids right. from Kentucky. I mean, yeah, they, they were receiving bomb threats, death threats. They had to close school. I believe they reopened school today, um, but hired yeah. a ton of private security and had local law enforcement, you know, around the around the area and stuff. They're gonna get yeah. they're gonna get conservatives killed. I mean, they're gaslighting these crazy yeah. lunatics on the left. It's gonna get violent. <laughs> yeah. Like people are gonna start dropping here. Like that's what I'm afraid of. And yeah, you you mentioned uh, Robert Barnes, who's a, a trial lawyer who's uh, representing these these Covington kids pro bono. Um, and he was actually supposed to be on the podcast today, but I'm going to try to get him on next week. He's obviously, you know, pretty busy <laughs> right now. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's basically giving all these journalists and, and leftist politicians and people 48 hours to retract all these libelous uh, things that they've said and and, uh, cur- and issue, you know, apologies, or he's going to start suing them for libel. Uh, do you think this goes anywhere? Like, I, yeah. I, I, it's disgusting that the leftists in the media can just lie. They can just lie. They can say whatever they want, and they're never held accountable. They never apologize. Being a leftist means you never have so, to apologize, I mean, I, right? So does this right, go anywhere? So do we I, finally start seeing some justice? There's a chance it could. I mean, with, with libel, it's always hard. The problem with libel is that um, in, terms of, in terms of being a libel case, that you have to prove you – know, there, there are two things. Like, one, like it, if you're a public figure, it's very hard to win a libel case just because as a public figure, you attract so much attention – that it's just it's just it's just hard to prove because uh, if it's a private person, then it's a lot easier. And these kids are private people, so they have the advantage in that regard. Was going to be tough with with, with libels. Like you have to also prove malicious intent. That the media like actually said like okay like we know this is false, but we're going to run with it anyway. And, and and that may be where. It would be hard to prove because they could just say like, "Hey, you know, like we just we were just reporting on what we saw. Um, if we had seen the whole video, we, we we would have reported otherwise." And, and, and that may be how they get off on it. And like, if the, the ones that are doubling down, like they might they might have a strong they might have a stronger argument. But but for any media outlets that have since sort of had to have, have had to eat crow, the, the few ones that have, uh, I mean, that might be harder to prove. So I mean. Uh, so the answer is I don't know because with libel it's always it's always a hard case to win, you know. So obviously for the sake of these kids, I hope they do win it, but it, it's you know it's it, it's a tall order. Right, and uh, you know, but good on Robert Barnes uh, for stepping up and doing this, yeah. you know, for free. I agree. Um, yeah, you know, these people do need to start being held accountable. I, I hope they win some of these suits. Yeah, I hope they sue these publications, uh, you know, like CNN, yeah. and the New York Times, and and so forth for everything they're worth. Because these these are yeah these are godless awful people these are not reporters these are yeah partisan hacks this is just the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party and it's time for them to be held yep. accountable for what they're doing it's time for them to be held accountable for all the lies uh, one one more thing for before sure. I le- before I let you go Aaron and this is just funny I've heard of this guy because I live a couple hours away and I can't pronounce his last name actually. Um, I've never heard it spoken. I've just seen it in print. <laughs> but the mayor, yeah. the Democratic mayor of <laughs> South Bend, Indiana, which is a small town in Indiana, is running for president. Uh, so, I mean, look, we've gone down the list of contenders for the Democratic nomination before. So we don't need to go through the full list. But every single Democrat thinks that they can become president. 
this this guy Pete something yep. something. He's a he's like 37 years old and gay, and that's his pitch. He's like he's gonna run as the vote for me because I'm gay kind of candidate, which is like weird. I mean, it's like I don't care if you're gay or not. But anyway, yeah. If the if the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, believes he can win the Democratic nomination for president, I are we, leg- are we legitimately gonna see 50 Democrats running or 60 or whatever? I mean, like, that's a- it's getting out of hand. It was just funny how 2016, it seemed like every Republican was running. I remember Jim Gilmore, <laughs> the great Jim Gilmore. Even right, he was right. running. But now, with the Democrats, it's like literally everyone and their mother are running. So it's like, I mean, yeah, who knows? I mean, it could be 100. Like, we don't know because like, literally everyone wants to run so they think they can win. Um, and it's like, yeah, because all they can do is, is say, hey, you know, I'm gay or hey, I'm uh, – uh, or it's like, hey, you know, I, I'm black or hey, I'm uh, – you know, I'm Muslim it, because the Democrats calling card now, because they've so bought into this idea of intersectionality, like they're, they're going to use their identity to, to play to play the, uh, the victim card, to play the identity politics card. That's what this that's what this guy is doing, it sounds like. And it's like and, and I think the more that people running and running on that calling card, it's going to be I mean, I, 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 there are so much votes that are going to be split up among Democrats. Like I, 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 I don't know how a Democrat who, who doesn't play. I, well, I should say that there's so many Democrats that are running that, that are going to focus on intersectionality. Then that makes it more likely that a Democrat who doesn't adhere to that per se is going to win nomination. And then if that happens, you know, someone like Biden. It, like you know, who still sort of, who still sort of like has that, um, who's really, and the like the Hillary Clinton sort of like you know more old school Democrat wing uh, of of Democrat base. Like, how does the intersectionality crowd gonna how they how are they gonna feel about that? You know, I mean, unless of course like he picks Kamala Harris as his VP, and then they're like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll go along with him then. Um, but uh, this creates an interesting dynamic as to how like the intersectionality base crowd is gonna feel. Um, about someone like Biden, you know, it, it reveals in, in the primary. I don't know. We'll see. It's almost like they're creating these brackets, like in, you know, like... Pretty uh, much, yeah. Like in uh, college basketball, you know, there's like the black bracket. There's the... Yeah. There's like the establishment bracket. There's the communist bracket. And there's like the anti-Semitic bracket or something. So Pretty much, like, yeah. The, I mean, the winner from all four of those brackets will advance to the final four... And then we'll and then yeah. they'll duke it out. You know, all right? Who's more? Who's the most anti-Semitic? Okay, we're gonna vote for them. Who's the most? Com- You're only a socialist. Yeah, well, I'm a communist. You know, they'll advance <laughs> and like. Oh, hell, solid. Yeah, like whoever can, uh, you know, raise the most Wall Street money will be the establishment. And then like Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, these guys will just try to outblack each other. They'll like start like quoting rap <laughs> yeah. all the time and like wearing Tims and you know driving around with you know. <laughs> <laughs> with like 22 inch rims yeah. on their cars and stuff like it's gonna get real weird man it's gonna get real weird yeah <laughs> I, I i i think that given all these kids that are gonna run i really want to see a broker, broker convention because i think the more people that run the more likely a broker convention is and that i mean come on i i, I would that would just be so fun <laughs> like to watch broker convention especially well here's yeah the especially the dnc well the What's thing that? is i i agree with you on the broker convention that there could be so many candidates running that that it could be a broker convention and they but so 
the Democrats said they got rid of the superdelegates, right? But they, yeah. didn't, they didn't actually get rid of the superdelegates. They got rid of the superdelegates on the first ballot. So if it's if it's still split yeah. after the first ballot, and then the superdelegates will come in on round two and just select the nominee, <laughs> and then they will just kill oh each other. Oh, my God. Like, they will just, it'll be, <laughs> oh, my God. And I, we will be sitting here, like, just crying tears of joy. It, it'll be just so fun to watch. Like, imagine I mean, how corrupt and how ridiculous that would be. It's a brokered convention. They don't get it on the first ballot. And then the superdelegate establishment guys come in and just pick you know, Kirsten Gillibrand, you know? Oh, my God. Like, like that would or, just or be... Or Warren. Or, oh, gosh, that would just be music to my ears, man. Holy smokes. Oh, me too. Like, I, I honestly, I think I think Elizabeth Warren is the one that I want Trump to run against because it would, he would just destroy her and it wouldn't even be close and it'd be so funny. I mean, he would just have a field day with the whole, like, Pocahontas thing and, 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 and she'd be like, like yeah well watch me instagram with a beer you know it's like <laughs> it would be so great <laughs> i love that, I love that. the tr- probably my favorite trump tweet ever uh was when he was mocking oh, yeah, yeah. with the, the beer video and it wasn't about the beer yeah. it was about uh you know uh uh the husband she, yeah. yeah she looks at her husband i'm just so glad you're here and trump just tweets like, he lives there. He's supposed to be there. <laughs> he's like, yeah, and he's supposed to be there. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Oh, my God. Oh, oh dude, my... Trump is, the, is like the master troll. Oh, he's the goat of trolls. Like, it's ridiculous. And Seriously. One, yeah. more point, one more point on 2020. Um, I think the candidates that could beat Trump have, have no— t- Like, the, the Democrats are in a real predicament here. Because they have a handful of candidates that would probably beat Trump, but those candidates have absolutely no chance to actually win the Democratic nominee because they're not far enough. Yeah. Like Amy Klobuchar, I think would. would I agree. Amy Klobuchar. She would, she would put up a serious fight because she's actually smart. Like Kamala Harris isn't very bright. Like Kamala Harris is not no, going to do well in debates. Not, yeah. Cory Booker, Spartacus, like really? Like he's, he's not a bright guy. Elizabeth Warren, I used to think she was intelligent, but I don't know. She's had a really rough couple of years. But, like, somebody like Amy Klobuchar yeah. is actually an accomplished senator. Like, she has a voting record that, you know, Democrats would like, that she could highlight. Like, she's an accomplished, very bright woman. She seems reasonable. She's a good public speaker. But she's no way. Like, there's no way. She's, there's no way that she's going to come anywhere close to the Democratic nomination. Yeah, I, 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 same with Shiraz Brown too. I mean, if you had, had those two on ticket, I mean, that would really be be a tough line for Trump. If you had a Brown Klobuchar or vice versa, right? A uh, ticket, but but it's like the same thing. I, I mean, Shiraz Brown isn't. Um, it's like yeah, I, I mean, Shiraz so Brown's kind of a weird guy, and he is pretty left, but he's not left enough. Um, and and, and, uh, and to, to win, and he doesn't have the intersectionality calling card to rely upon. So I mean, I. I I don't I think he'll be, get anywhere close to the nomination. Be, yeah, you're absolutely right. And he's my senator here in Ohio, and he is extremely far left. He, he votes with Bernie Sanders yeah. like 98% of the time. He's basically a socialist. But he knows how to speak to working class folks. He knows how to appear to be moderate if he wants to, and he knows how to appear to be hard left when he wants to. He's yeah. a very good campaigner with a ton of money. I mean, he just won re-election here in Ohio in November by nine points. In the same election where Mike DeWine, yeah. the Republican, won the governorship by three points. So he, I mean, he, yeah. you know, 12 points ahead of of his fellow Democrats statewide in Ohio. I mean, that's 
that's a, a tremendous that's remarkable a, a, accomplishment yeah. for Sherrod Brown. But yeah, he's a white guy. <laughs> and you know if they're yeah. gonna if they're gonna nominate a white guy, it's gonna be Joe Biden, somebody with you know ninety nine percent name recognition, not a more obscure yeah. figure like Sherrod Brown. But yeah, I'd be terrified in in Trump's chances running against Sherrod Brown. But yeah, I mean, he has no chance. He's he would never come anywhere close to the nomination. Yeah, I agree. So I'll let you go, Aaron. I know I'm uh, running out of time here, but where can everybody read your stuff and find you online and keep in touch and all that good stuff? Yeah, so uh, you can see myself. At- um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Bandler's Banter. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, read my stuff. It's pretty great. It is. Aaron's one of the best in the business. Uh, definitely check out his stuff at Jewish Journal. Follow him on Twitter. He's great, and I'm sure he'll be back on uh, very soon. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm yep. Brady Leonard. I will be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.